Hello, everyone, and welcome uh, to another Phanthropological interview. Uh, I'm Nick G. on solo this week, but uh, my guest is official One Piece columnist Greg Werner, and he's here to talk about Chrono Trigger. Greg, thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. This is, you know, I'm not too familiar with the show, but I, I know you have a lot of Nicks going on, so I'm really happy to be here with Nick G, because I'm Greg, so it's it's kind of like Nick Greg. we got the Nick Greg connection going on here. Exactly. It, it's, uh, it's mnemonic. It's easy to remember. You can actually you can actually call me Nick if you want, and there won't won't create any confusion. <laughs> yes, um, all right. <laughs> so the way I want to start it off, the way this this happened actually is uh, our uh, mutual friend Lauren Orsini tweeted made made a little tweet about Corner Trigger while she was on our show actually, to which you responded uh, that uh, if it wasn't for Corner Trigger, you wouldn't be sitting on this toilet in Japan. So I would like <laughs> to know kind of maybe a short version of of that journey. Oh, there, there is no short version, but uh, I'll, Even I'll, do better. My, I'll do my best. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I think my initial exposure to Chrono Trigger was through uh, various um, video game magazines in probably, I don't know, 90, late 94, um, early 95, somewhere around there. I forget where it started, you know, popping up. And uh, there were screenshots for it. They were just like, what? Is this is this current generation? Like, look at all these colors and look at how detailed and the, the shadowing on this. Um, it was like nothing I'd, I'd ever seen before. When it came out, it was such such a different experience as, as to anything I, I played uh, in terms of, of richness and adventure and exploration, uh, and it left a huge impact on me. From everything down to music to art design. And, you know, particularly the, the art design. And this was right around the age where I was in, uh, I think, what was it? I, I don't even remember specifically anymore. I was probably somewhere between sixth grade and, and first year middle school, maybe somewhere around there. Okay. And um, Sailor Moon had started up in uh, the United States. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, that was like my thing every morning. I'd wake up really early in the morning. It was in syndication. It was on, I think, WB11. Um, where I watched it from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was kind of getting into this anime and this gaming thing at the same time. And after having spent, you know, a thorough amount of time with, with Chrono Trigger, having gotten, you know, as many endings as I could at the time, following video game magazine kind of lore and like what, what you can and can't do in the game, I was uh, at a, a friend's house sleeping over, and woke up very early, like I think 4 a.m., 5 a.m., something like that. You know, it wasn't even light outside. Turned on the TV. Well, there's basically blue hair Marl. I call her Marl. I, I don't know if that's, you know, what, what a lot of people are, go for. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening. Yeah. I say Marl. Marl. That's okay. all I can, all I can vouch for. Okay. I say Marl. There are a lot of probably super, super Chrono Trigger fans who are breathing through their teeth right now, just sleeping. Um, <laughs> I apologize for any names that I, I mispronounce. Blue hair Marl shows up and I'm just like, what the heck? Why does this look so similar? This is so odd. She's with a little boy and they're, you know, exploring, traveling and they meet this old guy who wears sunglasses and he's riding a, a turtle. And I'm just like, God. Almost everything in this world. And then an imp shows up. A freaking imp shows up. Like, literally blue imp. Oh, yeah. Shows up. And I'm just like, what the heck? Why is there a blue imp? This is, this is exactly Chrono Trigger, the TV series. What is, what is going on here? 
uh, after some time, you know, I, I tried several times to catch it and I only caught it a number of times before it went out of syndication. And I was started seeing in like the EGM, the Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine, the letter section, they had, um, people would, would draw like uh, artwork on envelopes, envelope art, and they'd send it in and each month it would be public, uh, published. And I started seeing things that looked more like, like very close to the Chrono Trigger art style, mm-hmm. but they all looked like, um, Aryans. And I was just like, what? <laughs> What's with all these, you know, <laughs> blonde hair, blue eye, perfect muscular, um, you know, structure going on. You know, if eventually, it, I think it was, uh, fall of 96. I was playing my, my almost brand new, uh, Nintendo 64. I was on the ice level. And uh, my mom called me out early morning on Sunday and she's like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. And I turned off the system. And as I turned off the system and, you know, changed back to the, uh, the television tuner, mm-hmm. I saw this, uh, this alien, this, this green turban wearing alien, uh, mm-hmm. standing off against this, um, extremely long haired. He looked like a beetle. It looked like he was wearing a beetle, but it was like armor. <laughs> and, um, it was very, very long haired. He had this, this thing over one eye. And I was just like, what? I was like, again, this looks really familiar. And it cuts over to a forest scene. And there's this, uh, this somebody, there's a figure running through the forest. Eventually the camera pans up his body and it gets to the head. And I swear to God, it's the same kid that I saw from the TV show. And I'm just like, what? is going on now. I was like, this again looks like the same art style and he looks exactly like the kid, but he's grown up. I, I, you know, my mind was, my little probably 13-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old mind was just blown. Anyway, I found out that the title was, um, you know, I, I knew that the previous series I was watching was called Dragon Ball, but this is still, you know, like pre-internet boom. So there was yeah. no way for me to easily, you know, figure out what it was all about. Um I found out that it was called Dragon Ball Z, and I was, and I again looked at the credits, and I was like, "There it is, Akira Toriyama." So I was like, "Okay," I was like, "This is this is amazing. This is awesome." I know Sailor Moon is a Japanese series. I know there's a lot of Japanese series out there. This is not easily available. I want this. I want this to be my future. So that day, I went to a uh, a local bookstore. Um, we used to have bookstores back in the day. You could go to them and purchase books and things. Um, I have vague memories of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> went there, purchased a Japanese language uh, learning book, like a level one Japanese language learning, and that was it. From that point on, I knew I wanted to uh, do something involved with Japan. Uh, life led me down a couple different uh, pathways. I wasn't able to study it in university, but I worked very, very hard to be able to uh, study abroad. I funded that myself uh, by work, writing for a magazine. I eventually became to be one of the, the biggest um, Dragon Ball Z website owners at the time, before the internet kind of had a, a boom. Came to write for the Beckett uh, Dragon Ball Z Collector, um, which was an unofficial oh, yeah, yeah. magazine. Was that? Yep. I remember so I wrote, this. Yep. I, I wrote every <laughs> cheesy article you, you read. Uh, in the, <laughs> and um, Well, thank you. that. <laughs> Pardon? Said so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. No, my pleasure. Yeah, um, ton, tons of cheesiness and corniness going on there, but that helped me study abroad in Japan. Studied abroad for a year, uh, learned quite a bit. Came back to the states, um, met the woman who would become eventually my wife in my own hometown. Uh, she was studying abroad from Japan, 
And oh. uh, I had intention to go to Japan anyway, but people like to say it's, it sounds more romantic if I say I followed her back to Japan. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I went through the, uh, the jet program. I spent five mm-hmm. years on the jet program teaching English in a Japanese high school. And after graduating the jet program, I started work with a local city hall. So now I work with elementary schools, which is where I, uh, have basically two week rotations teaching third graders through sixth graders, uh, English lessons. And it was in my base school as I was sitting on the toilet, um, doing my business, uh, reading that tweet that I, oh, I uh, made that response. So thank you for bringing it like right up to exactly <laughs> the end the, point. I, I do appreciate that. And I swear to God, that's the short version as best as I can. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. It's not, Mine doesn't end the same, but I had a similar relationship with Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Really? It actually um, didn't involve Chrono Trigger, but I remember watching it when I watching Dragon Ball Z when I was six. Um, wow. I didn't know I didn't know what it was called. Okay, I just watched it at, at like six in the morning. Yeah, and then promptly forgot about it, and then like mm, eight years later. Whoa. Uh, YTV up in Canada showed like, oh, we're going to be showing all this anime at on New Year's or something like that. It was they're having a special. And then I saw a clip of Dragon Ball Z. I'm like, that's the friggin' show. That's the show that I watched. <laughs> and I just like, like my mind, because ex- I completely forgotten that it even existed. And then, wow. Yeah. It's, it's funny how memory works that way. I know some of my, um, when I was in, in the realm of six, I might've been a year or two younger. I'm not entirely sure, but, um, my similar series is Voltron. Okay, yeah. And that came back when I was around that age, you know, around eight years later, because Toonami picked up Voltron, right? Yeah. Uh, back in, I mean, I'm talking like original Toonami. And, um, you know, Volt, Voltar, Toonami. Um, <laughs> yeah, not none of this Tom stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's funny how memory works that way, how it, it, you just get, whoa, I remember this, this, you know... I don't have complete memory of it, but like, yeah, I know these characters from somewhere deep in my memory. So, yeah, I remember. And then after I started watching it again at that point, I was like 14, 15 or something like that. And they would show the Saiyan saga over and over again, the same 26 Uh, episodes. So every time I got to the last one, I'd, (gasps) and then they announced that they're going to be doing more. Yeah. I was so freaking excited. I, I was taping every episode and editing the commercials out. And that was for the, for the fake Namek thing. Well, see, I was, it was, it was, um, when was it? Um, back, back then when it was in syndication, it would do the same thing, right? It would, it would run through yeah. the, the series of episodes and I, I kept calling my local network and oh, I was wow. just like, I was like, guys, WB11, I was just like, this is really interesting. I want to see more. When are you going to show it? And they're like, we're sorry. We can't really, you know, tell you that all goes back to the distributor. And I was like, well, what's the distributor? And like, it's someplace called, you know, Funimation out in Texas or something. And I was like, well, can I have their number? And I called them and, uh, multiple times, probably to their chagrin. And I never got to speak to anyone, I guess, in charge, but I, I left messages. And one day, um, my dad's like, Hey, you got a phone call from that place. You always call. And I was like, Oh really? He's like, yeah, <laughs> this guy, um, Gen Fuk- Fukunaga called and, um, we talked. <laughs> what? yeah, he's like, we talked for about, you know, 10 minutes and I told him how much you love the show and everything. And I was like, Oh cool. Thanks dad. And like, I, you know, I didn't know anything back then. I wasn't like, Oh, that's Gen freaking Fukunaga. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh, wow. Life is funny. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed what came after. Oh yeah. <laughs> but this, all of this started thanks to Chrono Trigger. I mean, without Chrono Trigger, yeah. I would have never been invited to that, to that world, to that art style. Um, it, it really lit a fire in me. There's something about the artwork in that, um, that really pulled me in and, and it, it just gives me a sense of, of comfort, of, of nostalgia. Even at the time, I mean, n- even now looking back on it, you know, I really look at those pictures. Just re- I got a new cell phone recently and I was looking for, you know, wallpaper. And I was like, you know, what? I think I might go with a Chrono Trigger theme. And I'm just going back and looking through all the artwork and some of it I'd never even seen before. I guess in the, the past couple of years, uh, there's been... Uh, not a resurgence, but there, I guess some some artwork has surfaced that that wasn't previously available. Ooh. And, and I don't know how you you probably know all of all of this, and you've seen them. But I mean, for me, for someone who hasn't really taken a deep look at it in a long time, there were some pictures that were just like, "Whoa, wow! I never saw this." And a lot of them actually were from the publication that, interestingly enough, that I now write for, uh, V Jump over here in oh. Japan. Because uh, V Jump ran quite a few Chrono Trigger, um, uh, what, do we, what do we call Tokushu in English? I, I forget English. That's that's my my thing. I'm sorry about that. Not special, not specials like um, features. It ran several features, features. for for Chrono Trigger, and there was some artwork that was only published in that you know magazine. And I'm pretty sure they've all come to light by now, but I hadn't seen them. And uh, looking through some of the artwork, it's just like wow, I get it real like i i feel like like i'm in that world i don't know how he does it but um just looking at the image you feel like you want to be there there's a longing to be a part of that world uh that that he's created and even back then when i was first seeing it i got that feeling whoa what a what a what a talent to be able to create that in people right? just just seeing a 2d image <laughs> my the, the formative uh, the formative RPGs of my of my youth are Chrono Trigger, Breath of Fire Two, Final Fantasy was three, six, and uh, Fantasy Star Four. Yeah, we're and, we're basically on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So I had played Breath of Fire Two and I played Final Fantasy Six, and then I went to Chrono Trigger and uh, Final Fantasy Six, which I I would actually argue is a better plot, but that's not. Something I need. <laughs> now we're promoting the uh, <laughs> our charity stream for Chrono Trigger, but all the sprites were like basically squares, whereas the the sprites of Chrono Trigger were like people shaped, and that yeah. was like that was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's so much more of the characters and so much more like like movement and expression. Yeah, and at the same time, so little movement. Uh, what they're able to convey in very few frames with, mm-hmm. with very low, I mean, you know, I mean, c- considerably, uh, color counts. Um, it, I mean, even, even in something like a Final Fantasy VI, which I, I to this day cannot choose a favorite RPG. When people ask, you know, what's your favorite RPG? I'm sorry, man. I can't choose between <laughs> Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger. They're just so important to me. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, even even with the Final Fantasy VI, it's very limited what they're able to express. And with Chrono Trigger, because they're people-sized, despite having very limited frames of animation, what they're able to get across is so much more rich. 
Um, and I'm not saying that your mind doesn't fill in the gaps. I mean, you could argue that something like Final Fantasy VI is more rich because you're filling in the gaps with your mind. You're, you're, right. you're imagining what they look like. But Chrono Trigger just brings it the extra step. It gives you the extra oomph to see their whole body when you see, you know, their hair. When Marl gets, you know, shocked, her hair is standing straight up. Uh, mm. her, her legs are up in that animation. It conveys so much with so little that um, I, I think more games today would benefit from that instead of shoving down our throats with, you know, voice acting. And I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm anti, I'm not waving my old man cane yet. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying I'm quite have, I think I own the old man cane, but I'm not waving it yet. Um, trying to keep, I don't keep the cane waving to like a dull it, roar, but it, it, it happens a lot when <laughs> around Chrono Trigger. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I wish that developers would limit themselves I think games would benefit from it a lot more if we can see less and fill in more with our minds um, and imagine what we're supposed to be seeing or what we're supposed to be feeling. Yeah. And like <clears throat> comparing it, comparing it to, to F6 and, and games of the time, just like little things like um, you have to run into enemies to like fight them kind of thing. Yeah. And when you're, when you're fighting, they jump over to the enemy they're hitting and then hit them and then like jump back. That was that was huge at the time. That was enormous. Yeah. Oh my god! And the, and you know, it, depending on the location, if it's a special location, like maybe the enemy will jump off a waterfall, or maybe they'll jump through a waterfall. And it's just like at the time, yeah. it, we were so used to. And I, you have to forgive me. I don't remember Breath of Fire too specifically how that worked. But coming from a largely Final Fantasy line of games, mm -hmm. it was you know non-existent enemies, invisible enemies that you know. <laughs> you know, will attack you out of nowhere. Yeah. Whereas and this always on the, the same field. background. So. Yes. The same background, yeah. which is nice, but I mean this, you feel in, in every scene that, uh, every scene is unique palette and it, it's obviously not, it's, it's very much reused, but how everything is, is used and placed with such care. And I know I'm gushing here, but, but it's because yeah, it's, yeah. it's true because every, scene plays out like a different kind of standard background that you had in, in uh, RPGs of the time. Mm -hmm. And that just brought you that much more into the world and into every setting. Yeah. It, it, it felt really, I mean, I mean, 20 years on, it doesn't seem as much as, as you said, compared to video games now, but it seemed more real because like the enemies would move around and you had, you had a magic that had like an area of effect. The enemies could walk out of, you know, yes. and so like there is a there is a even a strategy element to that as well. Oh, certainly with uh, with things like um, you know the uh, the the text, the dual text. You know, suddenly you're you're going from okay, um, I want to attack this enemy to well, let's see. You know, these guys are in line, so I can attack them. But actually, those other guys in line, that one in the back has fewer hit points. So you know, if I can use this dual tech here then I can, I can take out that guy in the back, damage this guy a little bit in the front and maybe use one of my other uh, techniques on, on that other guy that I'll miss if I, if I go over in this direction. And that to me is just, that's what's fun about a game. I'm, I know it's probably facile compared to something like a, uh, a Starcraft or, you know, where you're, you're thinking 40 minutes ahead, you know, of what you need to do. Um, but yeah. that to me is, it's not, not fun, but it's not relaxing 
And when I play, when I did play it a JRPG, I liked to, to relax unless I wasn't, you know, in that setting. It was, if I was, um, how can I put it? If I'm supposed to be feeling unsettled, uh, if I'm yeah. supposed to be feeling lonely or detached, fine, that's great. But I mean, if I'm exploring and having fun in this world, that's how I want to feel. I want to feel relaxed and calm and, uh, that every decision I make counts at that time and that everything has importance, but maybe the fate of the world isn't depending on whether I use a dual strike on an imp or not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, um, doesn't miss out the adventure or exploring aspect. you like, you don't get bogged down in strategy. Yes, but exactly. It just makes it feel like you have like a bit more, a bit more to do, but uh, more options. Yeah. Which, um, as you were, as you were, I just thought of this, as you were talking about, um, like using, using, um, the limited scope to express a lot. Everything about Chrono Trigger was kind of like limited. There's like only, you only got seven characters total. You can only have three in your party. Everyone learns eight spells, but like, I don't know. It, it didn't, it never overwhelmed you with choice. And still, it, you know, because of, the the combinations it doesn't feel that limited at all does it no 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 because there were, there yeah, were th- probably things i found years later what was it the uh the rocks oh my god <laughs> i think it was like it had to be two or three years after the game came out that, that people were like oh yeah did you ever equip the rocks for you know the hidden dual t- the hidden dual tech what are you triple tech what are you talking about um <laughs> That freaking game, every time I went through, I don't care if it was a power tab or or what, there was something new that I discovered on every playthrough. Amazing. I know there are dual techs and triple techs I still haven't seen. I've played it, I don't know, 10 or 12 <laughs> times through at least. And I there's there are still ones I haven't, probably for combinations that I don't use that much. Yeah. But I'm always like... Whenever we get, whenever we're doing, wherever we're fighting Lavos, uh, when we're doing the race, he's always like, all right, Falcon hit, Falcon hit, Falcon hit, Falcon hit, Falcon hit, Falcon hit. I'm like, okay, yes, this is, this is an effective strategy, but I don't like missing out on, on like a bunch of the other cool moves that they have as well. Right. I hate, I hate min-maxing games. Well, I mean, I don't know on, on speed yeah. runs, I guess, you know, you gotta be a little bit more wary of those things. Yeah. Um, which is not why I play video games. I completely no. respect speedruns. That's amazing um, to be able to, to to be able to d- dissect a game to that level to understand how timing works and how damage is distributed. I mean, to understand the computations that go into making a specific attack and what your party has available to you, um, or what is available to you th- thanks to your party and their level. That's amazing on a whole nother level. I mean, it's, it's, um, I, I know what I'm sounding, what I'm saying here is, is probably sounds very low level to a lot of people who are deeply into this, but as someone who isn't a part of that world, um, I definitely respect, uh, how people are able to, to do that and look at a game that way. Again, not my thing, but mm-hmm. beautiful work. <laughs> uh, for what I can looked into it briefly, cause we, we like to get through the game like fairly quickly, but, uh, we still want to enjoy it at the same time. But like, you can you can beat the game with a shockingly low level if you know okay. exactly what you're doing. How how low like, have you gone? Um we haven't gone that low. You can do it at like 20 or 25 or something like that. Okay. Um 
Uh, and little little things like this, like don't put the battle speed to one because then Lavos gets an extra attack in when he does this. What? If you have it, if you have it on two, then he won't do that and you'll have time to like heal or whatever. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> oh, amazing. See, I'm still learning stuff about this. Insane. Which form of lavas is it? Is it the um? The, it's, it's the core. It's, or the... it's it's the one on the uh, on the dessert pizza, the middle one. Okay, the middle it looks like he's on like an Oreo dessert pizza. Okay, or, or um, so I call him Cell. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does. He does <laughs> passing resemblance to Cell. Yeah. Um, and so, and like the rock, the rocks reminded me like this is a game where you can not only can you not not only do you not have to use the main character, you can. The main character can remain dead and you can beat the game. Yeah. Huh, uh, I, you know, with, with that in mind, I don't know how Final Fantasy VII, The Death of Aerith, spoiler alert, by the way, if you didn't know, Aerith dies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for, for, for a 22-year-old <laughs> game. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why that, that hit me as so shocking at the time. That, well, I, maybe, you know, maybe it's part of Chrono Trigger that, mm-hmm. that dulled me to The Death of Aerith because... I when I was playing that game, I got to the end and I was like, "Wow, that was really cool. This is fun." Now I want to play the like the playthrough where she doesn't die. <laughs> oh, not an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, like, "Oh, all right, okay." So yeah, maybe maybe Chrono Trigger, you know, kind of uh, raised my expectations that way. Spoiled with its with its branching paths, with its like actually. Hmm? One of the the coolest, for me personally, uh, one of my, the most fun I had with the story was, and my God, this was so cool years later on, and I think you'll know what I'm getting to, but um, I swore that there was, and I don't know if this was based on a rumor or if it was just my own inclination, um, I swore that there had to be a way to save Shala because- I felt so terrible for, for Magus. And I don't know, Magus, Magus, whatever folks. Um, Jan, uh, uh, what's his name? Jan- Janus. Yeah. Janus. Yeah. Uh, there's no, I say Magus. I think okay. Mag- I think Magus I'm, I'm going to say Magus too. Cause that's what I say. And again, if it makes your ears cringe, apologies in advance. I felt so bad for him every time in the ending, you know, like, oh, he's like, oh man, I want to, I want to save you. I don't know if it was something in me. It was like, I, I got to save you, Magus. I can do it. It has to be me. And um, so I wanted to, to, uh, to save Shala. And the number of times I went to Norstein Beckler's lab to try and get a clone of her. My oh. God, I, there must, Chrono's house must've had like 40 clones in it. I don't know. And, and that's how I figured out you could get clones because I was just messing around. And it's like, I sent a clone to your house and the that's others, how you figured. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, you, don't you get clones for the others as well? If they're, if they're in charge of your party, this is, I, I'm, I'm vaguely remembering something. I, you're, you're right. Okay. I, I haven't done it in a very long time, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I was just like, there has to be a way to get a Shala clone. And I went through all <laughs> sorts of different combinations. I, I tried messing around on that screen. You know what screen I'm talking about? The one where, where time freezes there in front of Lavos. I, um, I tried all sorts of things and none of them worked and I was crushed. And, um, years later, Chrono Cross came out 
Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. This is fun. Whatever. All right. Yeah, I'm having fun. And then comes the last like eighth of the game and it's Ooh. revealed what you're doing, you know, what you've been doing this whole time. And it was just, I, I could, I, Thank God our, our, our roof is high. Otherwise I would have fist pumped straight through <laughs> the roof. I was so ecstatic. Like peep, there are lovers of the, of that game. There are detractors of that game. Um, and I became a fan thanks to that last eighth where, you know, everything is revealed. What exactly you're doing. Okay. Chrono Cross spoiler alert, you know, for again, mm-hmm. you know, how X year old game. <laughs> um, everything in Chrono Cross is for in fact shape, saving Shala. That was the one time where like what I wanted more than anything else in the world to, uh, to occur in a game happened in its sequel. I was so happy with that. I don't know if anybody else had the same experience, the, but the, the, the universe or at very least Squaresoft heard your prayers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. I think by that point, Chrono Cross, I had like given up, like, is there going to be a connection to Chrono Trigger? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I guess not. This is still kind of fun. And then I got to the last of us and I'm like, what? I was, I didn't, I didn't have quite the same reaction to, to Shala as you did, but like, I was, I was super psyched to see like that it all kind of sews together. It does. Yeah. It really does. When the little, when the kids come out, it was just like, Oh my God, it's, it's oh. Chrono. Look this way. Look this way. Oh, I, I want to see your pixelated face. <laughs> um, I do have to ask how you, how you reacted to General Leo dying. General Leo in yep. in um Final Fantasy VI. Oh. Yep. General Leo. Oh wow. That was probably genuinely sad because he he was like the um I, I guess you know I'm a, I'm a One Piece writer, mm-hmm. so I, I guess the best way to, to put it is in One Piece terms. He was kind of like the um the Kuzan or the Aokiji. Um, of the Marines. I don't know if, if people understand that or not, but he's, he's on the opposing side, but Mm -hmm. he understands the, the plight of the people who are on the other side and what he feels to be right. He will do, he will betray his own side. If he feels that he's doing something wrong and uh, to have him go down like that, it was just like, Oh no, no. Oh, Kefka, you bastard. Um, yeah, that was another another big moment in gaming. Like you said, you know, Final Fantasy VI, the story. Um yeah. whew, what a big part of that game. You could throw you could throw that thing on HBO. I, I don't think there'd be a problem, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Um right. Yeah. I know a lot of people tried to resurrect General Leo in the game, but you can't. There's a there's a game there's a game genie workaround that you can play as Leo, but uh, the story will not acknowledge him. Uh-uh. So I was actually curious. Um, talking about it, talking about the game this, uh, this, this year, I started to notice that everyone's got a kind of weird thing that they like to do with Chrono Trigger. Like, for example, EFG Nick will be joining us, gets all the silver points and gets the clone the very first time you're at the Millennial Fair at the very beginning of the game. Oh, um, I, I do the Black Omen three times. Okay. I love I love going through the Black Omen that much. Is there any sort of sort of uh, way that you play Chrono Trigger that has it's uh, slightly deviates from the norm? Wow, I definitely do the Black Omen three times. Yeah, that's mostly for the the rewards, um, you know, the, the experience. Plus, you know, I, I just wanted to see what it would do. 
yeah. I just had, you know, curiosity, like, what, you know, do you get anything if you do this? Uh, and that's one of those things where I don't remember, uh, because my last playthrough of the game would have been with the DS launch, and that's still quite a few years ago. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely go through it just for for the, all the rewards of that. Um, because there, can't you get, um, isn't there something that you can charm for power tabs in there? Uh, I believe so. I, I could completely be pulling this out of my bum, I'm, and I apologize for that. But I know there's something that you can charm for, for some ridiculous... You, you can charm... Um, you might be able to charm some tabs. You can charm megalixers, prism charm. helms, and prism dresses from ah, from the prism boss. Helm, prism dresses, and megalix. Okay, okay. Maybe it was the megalixers I was talking. Yeah. I was thinking about. All right. And yeah, you don't you get one of them from those like they have like they look like snakes. They look like hydra snakes, and they have, like T Rex heads. Um, I thought you get something pretty yeah. decent from them. I forget the name of them. Um, oh yes. No, I know who you're talking about. I At least I think they look like hydras. I don't. I like. I think yeah. because of how some of these things are depicted, I think everybody has a little bit different way of you know uh, filling in the blanks in their head how everything is quote unquote supposed to look. Um, yeah, but that's always how they look to me. Um, uh, I also want to say that I literally yeah. didn't didn't make the connection that Emperor Pilaf was a blue imp, right? But he literally is. He he right. He totally is. <laughs> I, but that's that's the benefit of having seen this in in reverse, yeah. Compared to you know many many people is I saw Chrono Trigger before I knew Dragon Ball, so I was like, oh, Dragon Ball looks like Chrono Trigger, not uh, Chrono Trigger looks like Dragon Ball. So I've kind of seen everything in reverse that way. Yeah. What else? The um, I guess the the apes as well. They they kind of look like the um the Goku transformation thing. Oh, that's uh, true. They do. He sees yeah. the moon. What do I do that's particular? Is there anything that I do? There has to be. There has to be something. That I mean, I, I mean, maybe, maybe you don't know that it's particular. Right? You haven't that compared notes, but yeah. That's such a great part of it, too, is like there's so many different ways to play that you don't know what you do is special. Is there a way to get out to get out of the race with Johnny? I don't like doing that race. You, 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 can, you can just fight a bunch of mutants. Yes, I definitely fight the mutants. Oh, you just don't like just, the race. You don't want to do point. the race. Yeah, I don't. I want to get on with the story at that point. I feel um, like every every year so far during the stream, I am the one doing that, and I always <laughs> fail the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I got quite good at it eventually, but yeah, it's you just have to just it's just just you know strategic use of the boosts. Yes, but like I I understand why you might not want to do it. Right. Um, some people, some people do the sewer way early in the future. I don't the one do that, that takes you over to death peak. Yeah. Yeah. I do not do that. What else do I do? Let's see, um, you can, I mean, a lot of people probably grind the, um, with the new that's in the hunting grounds. Get those tech points. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'll do that. Wow. Isn't it cool that we could talk about such like specific ways of playing the game and, and knowing exactly what it means. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that is, that is really great. That's the thing that I love about this game. There's proof of like, like, and all I would, all of that is memorable. I've played a lot, a lot of times, but like, I remember so much of this game. One of my favorite pieces of artwork is from one of my favorite moments of the game. It's, um, 
it's where they're uh, sleeping around the campfire, and it's uh, very strong with blue and yellow. I think you probably know yeah. the, the artwork I'm talking about. Yeah. And there's an accompanying part of the of the game. It's I believe when they have the reunion with Robo. Yes. And I love that artwork, and I made sure to get them. I have I have a collection of every issue of Weekly Shonen Jump with mm-hmm. uh, One Piece in it. So I have uh, 20-something years worth of, of Weekly Shonen Jump um, that I just recently successfully sent over to the States, my, my home in the States. So it's literally wow. sitting in, in boxes in, in a, um, a basement in New Jersey, the largest collection of Jump in North America, uh, waiting wow. someday <laughs> to be put into <laughs> my personal museum. But um, there is... Uh, one jump in particular that does not have one piece that I made certain to get, and it has a foldout of that particular piece of art. What? Yeah, it's a, it's a big foldout, and um, that scene is is again. I that might have been one of the first pieces of Chrono Trigger artwork that I saw, and that probably is is why I'm so pulled into that world because there's so much going on. In that artwork, I think there's something like staring at you, and there's you know creatures hitting it, hidden in the background. You've got the party just kind of you know relaxing, <sighs> and um, you're just like, I w- I want to be there. I want to be a part of that, and there, I love that scene. There, oh, I got so much to say about that scene. Um, <laughs> they're they're sitting around. They're not they're not talking about. They're not like just stating where the plot is. First of all. They're talking about the possible existence of God or a God. Um, and that scene is completely optional. Yeah. You can go through the game and never see it. It's It perplexes me, too. It vexes me that every time I forget how to trigger that scene. And it, that you know what? If there's one play style, if there's one quirk I have, you know what it is? It's forgetting how to get that scene triggered. I can never remember how to trigger it. I can set Robo up. But I forget how to make the proper reunion with him. And I guess it's because I'm doing something either out of order or a little bit strange. But yeah, it's it's tough for me to get. And it's right. Um, it's a big scene. It's a big moment for the character. It's a, it's a big character scene. Yeah. And you can completely miss it. Yeah. And it's it's it kind of depends on you caring about the characters because there's a lot of, you know, you get you get Robo, and then you, you help Fiona out with her forest. But you also have to be talking to Luca's mom and know what's going on with her. And because because right after that, you travel back to when when Luca's mom gets injured, and you have a chance to save her. And because of it, you get the Green Dream. And then I, I only ever equip the Green Dream on Luca. Mm. Mm. And every character has their own side story near the end of the game. Yes. They kind of get some kind of closure or some kind of advancement of their character. All of which are options. That kills me with Chrono Cross. Yeah. Is because... <laughs> they went the why, complete opposite direction. Why, yeah, why have all of those characters... I get the Suikoden thing. I love Suikoden. Suikoden is amazing. Um, mm. But because those characters were... <clears throat> excuse me. Because those characters were so strong... Why did they go in the opposite direction with having so many characters, with having an overload of them? Um, more does not necessarily equal better. I don't know if we were getting, you know, pretty hard into the 90s extreme, you know, end of advertising and marketing at that point. But it definitely goes to show how 
less can very much be more. Yeah. And, you know, every, <laughs> every character gets like, you know, a couple of dialogue boxes of story. And then that's it. Then they just kind of recite form dialogue filtered through whatever uh, quirk of dialogue they have. Yeah. Everyone, you're like German or Swedish or something, or you have a catchphrase <laughs> that you keep saying. And it's just like, man, do we need the Lichador character? Do we need the guy who's a mushroom? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah. And then, and, and Magus was going to be in that game. <laughs> I still want to, like, I, I know, I realize this is not the case, but I want to believe yeah. that that mask wearing fellow is, is he. Um, it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, did you ever play Radical Dreamers? I have not. We are, we're playing, we're playing through it just, um, on stream, like just before the race. So we're like kind of in the middle of it now. It's interesting. Okay. It's made made more, and that character's in it and it's made more clear that he's Megas. I've, um, Uh, I've read summaries of it, but, um, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. What a what a world, and I, it 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 pains me, you know. In this, I love to talk about Chrono Trigger and, and gush about it, but at the same time, it's kind of melancholy um, because I know we can't go back to that world, and maybe it's for the better. Maybe it is, you know, how it exists right now is probably in the best state that it can be in. The fact that we want to go back, but we can't, shows us Always. that that was a success. Always leave them wanting more. Exactly. Yeah. At the same time, you know, it's just like, what if? What if the dream team reunited? What would happen? Um, I don't want to answer that question, and I'm sure yeah. as heck they probably don't want to answer that question, which is why they haven't. <laughs> yeah. What but, if it's uh, what if it's not what what if it somehow doesn't live up to the insane insane expectations that that situation <laughs> would create? Exactly. Um. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much of a fan you are of this, but uh, we got a Twin, Twin Peaks sequel twenty five years later. Oh, and right, yeah. it was perfect, but that's not necessarily likely to happen. Right? Um, would you? Because I did Corner Cross. Would you be interested in in it um, becoming a series similar to Final Fantasy in that? No, like the games are not con- continuations of each other, but just have like themes and ideas, like Chrono, whatever. It certainly lends itself to that yeah. setup, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Especially with with the cross themes. Well, with what Final Fantasy has become, uh, I don't know if I want to say yes to that because, <laughs> again, I don't want to be waving the old man cane. But yeah. a great deal of my enjoyment of those games was being intimately involved in every choice that uh, my characters made. That is to say, if I want to um, heal somebody, it is my choice to heal somebody. If I want to attack, it's my choice to attack, not leaving that up to AI or, you know, uh, yeah, AI or a gambit or or what have you. Um, So I do not enjoy, you know, what what the series has become. Uh, I have played through them. I'm not going to hate on them because I understand there's an appeal for that. But if the series were to, how can I say, e- um, evolve 
as the Final Final Fantasy series has, and as the series should to grow and, and expand. Uh, I do not know that I would be pleased with that aspect of it, but if it were to remain the same style, uh, certainly I would like to see something like that. Um, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. On that That's a very note, diplomatic I, answer. I apologize for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I... I, I left off at Final Fantasy VI pretty much. Played about a seven. Uh, less said about eight, the better. Uh, the, the Knicks and I, we, we played a little bit of, of nine uh, not that long ago and quite enjoyed that. But I myself, independently, started playing 13. And the way I'm approaching it is I feel like I'm a guest at someone else's house. Uh, so I've, I've, I've left my, my old man cane at the door. And I've been like, okay, this is how we're doing things over here. Uh, let's see how that goes. And I'm like, okay, I'll just keep pressing A. Yep, keep pressing A. Keep pressing, um, keep pressing. Yeah, so, so that's kind of my relationship with it right now. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of interested to see where the story goes, but I'm like, okay. But uh, it's been it's been interesting. Not only was that where I left, six where I left off of Final Fantasy, it's almost where I left off with gaming. Like, okay. like I think of every system after this SNES as a new system. <laughs> it's um, I I mean, the SNES unfortunately, and to a lesser extent, the the PlayStation. Well, no, to a similar extent, I guess in my eyes, the PlayStation, just because of the time it was out and the age I was, it it hit me right at the like target gaming age. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up. Kind of like you know, people grow up with the the Harry Potter books. I grew up with the S with the NES into the um, SNES into certainly the sixty four and uh, the PlayStation. Of course, Saturn. I I I, lo- I did love my Saturn. Um, no, yeah. But, uh, uh, I I grew the the titles that came out were progressively more mature, and as I was maturing, those those titles were progressing at an equivalent rate. When I was old enough to play an R15, you know, what would be considered over here, their rating system is like R15, R13, what what have you. Um, When I was old enough to play a gory game, that's exactly when Resident Evil came out. Um, Followed by progressively, you know, gorier games. So by the time, you know, I was graduating high school, you know, eviscerations were kind of like, oh, yeah, that old Mortal Kombat thing, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess Mortal Kombat 5. Oh, you can pull out someone's spine and eat it. Okay, all right, whatever. You know, th- but but I was there for that progression while we were going. Whereas nowadays, pretty much everything is on the table. Um, there is That's very true. little censorship. And, you know, except unless it comes to, like, kind of, I guess, Lolita things or whatever. There's very little censorship in gaming today. And there's something for everyone there. Whereas we kind of grew up with this, um, this, this change in the system. So going from the... The SNES, I mean, I, I did have NES, but going largely from systems that, that are near and dear to me, the SNES to the PlayStation and the 64, um, I look back so fondly on every game that uh, that is still in my collection that I worry if I'm just using those rose-colored glasses. So every once in a while, I'll go back, I'll revisit, play through something, and, you know, maybe every... 
one out of five, you'll say like, ah, yeah, okay, all right. Um, the times have definitely changed. Tastes have definitely changed. And that was good at the time, but there are way better ways to do this and more enjoyable. Whereas, man, that Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, um, uh, Mario 64, uh, those kinds of titles. Oh, Castlevania. Oh, uh, yeah. Symphony of the Night. Those titles just remain as good as they were. I, I don't, and I don't know how they, what is it? I, I, there has to be some video out there where somebody is dissecting what makes them so good, even today by today's standards, because they're protecting some core aspect of, of gaming culture that's in our, in our lizard brains to enjoy, uh, how they play out or how the story progresses or, or what colors and music are used. Um, but they are spot on all the time. Like, let's think of something that I like kind of realized only recently when I was growing up, I had never, I hear a lot of people were into like, like Lord of the Rings, for example, or or other, like I read Chronicles of Narnia, but I wasn't, wasn't into it, you know, as much as as I saw people being into Lord of the Rings or these other like big, long, long, like fantasy worlds and something. And I just realized like, like the JRPGs I played as a kid were those for me. Mm -hmm. Like I was so about like all the mythology and all, all, you know, the legends and all the characters involved with those games. And I was so suck, sucked into it, but I never, never thought of it about it the same way. Cause not, not as many people were playing those as like reading Lord of the Rings, for example, but like those stories stick with me still. Um, but question is someone who was our age when we played Chrono Trigger now, is there something in Chrono Trigger for them? That's that's part of I think the the timelessness of it. Um, yeah. If you have someone who is into like I mentioned before those kind of command and conquer, um, uh, Starcraft, you know, he- heavy planning, and, and there are I mean you know there are mm-hmm. parents who are buying their children tutors for Fortnite now. Um, they're infinitely oh, yeah. more complex games, mm-hmm. and. And that's good. That's wonderful. I, I appreciate that. But I think there's, there is something at the core of those games that you just, if, if you're a kid and if you're a kid and you watch the Star Wars movies, you're like, wow, I'm, I'm watching something special. Um, it may not have as, as, um, you know, expensive effects. It may not be as believable. Um, but I'm definitely watching something unique. Um, and it's it's a, an, an important memory, even if it's not the the greatest movie for them. Uh, I think that's the realm that Chrono Trigger uh, is in, and that's maybe a little bit optimistic of me. I, I mm-hmm. want to believe that's all in there because it, I know that it is for me. But I think that there are universal, like I was saying before, in in terms of what's appealing to gamers on a core level. I think it's all in there. And if you're young enough and if you have a positive, optimistic view on life, um, I think that you will, that those games are still enjoyable for the, the 12 year old, the 13 year old. Um, even if, even if they're out there, um, you know, um, fighting Koreans in Starcraft. Um, <laughs> I think it's, it's still in there. 
um, and it still has it. Even and I'm not saying it needs to be favorite game. It doesn't need to be like their their top tier like it is me. It doesn't need to be you know tier one. But I believe there's some still something in there that is that is magic for for gamers. And it's not just the game itself. It's everything that goes into it. The artwork, the atmosphere, the characters. Yeah. yeah like yeah, if you're if you're you know signing up for for like like if you're in if you're in it for the narrative or the story in any way like every piece of Chrono Trigger contributes to that story. Greg, what would you like people out there on the internet to know about? In terms of my projects that I'm working on or related yeah. to Chrono Trigger? Okay. No, just just um, what what you're up to. Oh, what I'm up to. Thank you. Uh, let's see. You can reach me at uh, Ochimusha108. I know that's difficult to spell. So O-C-H-I-M-U-S-H-A-108. That's my Twitter account uh, and also my YouTube account. I'm on a little bit of a hiatus right now as I uh, wrap up a very busy One Piece birthday season. One Piece just turned 21. Uh, so we had a lot of oh, special wow. events there. Yeah. Um, I'd be kidding. Nope, nope. And it's <laughs> it's it's just getting going. Um, it's going to be going for some time, and um, <laughs> I think it's here to stay. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, for quite a while at least. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I also write for the One Piece uh, official website. I write articles every every other week in English and Japanese on the latest chapters and episodes of One Piece. That's over at one piece dot com. Uh, just look for my beautiful face in a chopper hat. It's terrifying. <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, that's where you can, uh, check out my columns and get the latest information on, or secret information, background information on One Piece. Um, I also work with the One Piece podcast. Uh, I don't uh, get a chance to work with them every week, but, uh, uh I definitely love talking, uh, about the series with those guys. And I wish there was a Chrono Trigger podcast I was involved with, but uh, but no, no such thing. Um, it's, this it's is the possible. closest it's come, yeah. and it's been wonderful. It's been great. Oh, well. I fully agree. I could talk about it for several more, several more hours. Uh, as for the next cast, the main thing you need to do is follow us um, for when we do the Race Against Time, our annual charity stream. This is number four. It's going to be August 11th and 12th, going from noon to midnight, uh, Eastern... Eastern Daylight Time, I guess. Both days. Um, so please go and give us a follow over at twitch.tv slash the race against time. Uh, we will be raising money the entire time for the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. Um, if you want to donate directly, uh, just go to raceagainsttime.io slash donate and uh, you can um, drop, some money, drop some money in the pot at any time. Um, you can also head to shop.thenextcast.com and all our Race Against Time t-shirts, um, all the proceeds for those that we sell are also going to go to the Alzheimer's Society. Um, so yeah, uh, join us, go play Chrono Trigger, and uh, if you if you want to hear more of this podcast, head to fanthropological.com or check us out on Spotify. Um, Greg, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This has been a pleasure from start to finish. You guys have been on top of everything, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy to be involved in even a, a small way uh, with your cause here. Oh, I really appreciate it. Um, all right, so that's, that's going to be it. Uh, see you next time, everybody. Bye.